0: <laughs> Did, are, are you liking it, Josh?
1: It's super fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, the replayability is like very good. Um, I was worried about that. There's not like a huge amount of like different places to go, but it feels like every time I go do the same route, it's new. There's different things happening like every time I play. Okay. So I played all day yesterday and I haven't beat. Um, The story or anything, so I don't think I've gone all the routes or anything like that either. So, yeah, it's fun. Uh, they have like a cool like photo editing thing too now, so you can like you unlock different filters and stickers you can put on, and then um you can actually post them online, so everybody kind of has like a like a Pokemon Instagram. Oh, nice! uh, You can post pictures with captions, and you can send your friends your friend code so they can look at look through your pictures, and there's like rankings and stuff sweet it's pretty cool yeah
0: I'm, I'm guessing by that logic you probably have a sh- uh, sword or shield as well yeah yeah okay. <laughs> nice yeah um, i should actually i should drop my front code later in the chat um yeah for switch. sure i'll do that later but yeah, yeah. definitely I, I honestly if you guys play i i feel bad i used to play animal crossing with joe lee's niece a little bit and i i yeah. haven't touched it since like January. But if we ever want to do like an Animal Crossing day, I'd be down for that. That would be fun.
1: We just recently did an Animal Crossing day. So I would be, I'm always down for Animal Crossing. Sweet. Yeah.
2: I should, uh, I think I downloaded the photos off of my Switch, but there's a really cute photo of all of us sitting in Becca's basement, but she's like a witch's basement. Like it's a dungeon laboratory where she casts spells and it's the coolest. (laughs) i'll drop it. Let's see. Well, if I can find it, um, I've already started recording. So, oh, actually, <laughs> give me one second. Because I wasn't sure. Um, I was like, yeah, whatever. Let's do it. I don't know. we got all that Pokemon um, talk. Yeah,
0: that's our yeah, cold I mean, open.
2: <laughs> something might, okay. uh, something might come out of it.
1: Well, I've also been doing a couple upgrades. I'm bringing some new heat into the podcast today. <laughs> Oh. Soundboard.
2: <laughs> it's my theme that's song. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, my wanted. Someone uh, I, wants me. It's,
1: it's like it's this app that's like connected through the microphone. So every time I do it, um, like whatever sounds I download, whenever I press the button, it actually plays through the microphone as well. So it's also recording on my audio.
0: Incredible. It. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> what does this thing want me to do? Oh, it wants me to update. <laughs> it's like my razor. That's fine. Okay.
0: Your Motorola racer. <laughs> <Cell phones? laughs>
2: don't call me out. <laughs> yeah. The cuts. Um, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> remember that's the commercial good. that they had for those where it was like literally them cutting things with it as like.
0: I don't. Oh, it's an old racer. I don't remember that. I do remember the deep set the deep like seated like. Yearning though of wanting a pink one, but like definitely not being able to pass it off at 14 years old. So that's my that's trauma expressed through nostalgia.
2: (laughs) It really is a a, is unfortunate that like rose gold wasn't a thing when we were of a razor age.
0: Everything is rose gold now. They have rose gold cake pans. They have you know every everything is rose gold.
2: Rose gold toothbrush. Rose gold cricket maker. Yeah yes yeah. i bought yeah it's like yes i have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well
0: say love you love you on rose
2: uh, oh. <laughs> i was gonna say love you but uh we're not here for rent um we'll start should we start with the should we start with your your cameras off or have we already started hello and welcome hello. to the full volume podcast i'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna do it Um, I am your co-host, G.I. Joe Lee, and as always, I am joined by...
0: Harvey Brent. Mwah.
2: Yes, and today, on today's episode, we are covering Assembled. Episode two, and joining us on the podcast is the... Our Angry Dogs, and... Can you guys hear that?
1: No. I cannot, no. I got worried for a second you were talking about mine. (laughs)
2: Perfect. No, usually, yeah. Um. So good, good. Oh, but also. I heard
0: that. I heard that.
2: Oh. Okay. That's fine. Let's roll I it. hope they're okay out there. It was really loud and vicious. It's fine. <laughs> I'll check later. <laughs> We're joined by the the cast of Here Comes a Spider Cast. Uh, introduce yourself, gentlemen. Starting with, uh, we'll start with Mike Al. Hi, I'm Mike
3: Al. I've been here what two or three times before, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very grateful for you guys having me back because it's always been a good time.
2: All right. And we also have Joshua Merval. Hello, Josh. Hello. Oh, my God. Look at that. <laughs> wow, you, live
3: audience with Josh. Oh, right.
2: Jeez. Wow. Clap thank you in. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I feel uh, like It's I good to be back. And you an <laughs> award. This is your. Like, they have uh, the five-time hosting smoking jacket for SNL. Right. <laughs> but you're not there yet.
1: Even, like, not a there. patch or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: FVP. Maybe we could do the fourth club. I don't know.
0: Love that. But, yeah, it's great to be back. It's yeah, been a minute, actually, mm-hmm. for, for Mr. Josh. Mike was uh, co-hosting with me last week. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think we've had you on for over a month. Yeah, it's been a while.
1: I think maybe I was on... Like the first episode of Falcon. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. I think yeah. I think it's yeah. been a little while now. So
2: yeah. So everyone, everyone's all caught up. Everyone potentially yes. watched assembled. And <laughs> let's just get let's just clear those cobwebs out before we just like hack at other things that are more interesting. Mm-hmm. I do i do not buy what they're selling. Okay, I bought a little bit of what they're selling. Um but I always like I don't I don't know about you guys but I'm I'm a behind the scenes fanatic. Like mm-hmm. I love watching a, a good behind the scenes or how it's made. So I'm totally into assembled. Like I only want a show where it's just showing us that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like as a kid, I think I watched the behind the scenes footage of like the Star Wars prequels more than I actually watched the Star Wars prequels.
3: I'm with you on that. I love,
1: I, I love them.
3: Right. And I usually don't care that much about behind the scenes videos, but those Star Wars ones is like a how to on how to make a bad movie. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> We'll talk about that another time though. But anyway,
1: but no, I love, I love the behind the scenes footage of really anything. Um, it's definitely partially why I got into like doing stuff like this and the behind the scenes stuff. Like, I, yeah, I love it. So I'm really enjoying assembled.
2: Brent, do you uh, buy what they're giving us? Remember, was it you that said you're not buying the camaraderie or did we all say that at one point where we're just like Bucky and mm-hmm. the winter, Sol- uh, sorry, the winter soldier and Falcon. We don't know if we think this is a real love.
0: I I I actually flip-flop back and forth on that camaraderie aspect. Some episodes I bought it and some I'm like, "Oh, this is weak or oh, this is forced." Um so, did I buy assembled? Um I bought it with a gift receipt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've I I well, yeah, well you and I we talked about the the WandaVision one and um that was fine i just again and i i apologize cuz i feel like i've been super negative for the past like six episodes because we're talking about falcon and the winter soldier and i'm just i just it's not that i don't have good things to say about it it just in the realm of the comic properties i find interesting this one's just in the basement you know right at the bottom mm-hmm. so i it would it's fine it was fine that's um I th- that's about as much profound answers i can give you about it it was fine yeah now, when you say you don't buy it, is it you
1: don't buy like Falcon and Winter Soldier's relationship or the actor's camaraderie?
0: Uh, I buy the actor's camaraderie a little bit more than I buy the relationship okay. between uh, Falcon, now Captain America, and Winter Soldier. Um, mm-hmm. There seems to be a little bit more chemistry between Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, um, behind the scenes i would love to see an only fans collab just kidding um <laughs> not kidding not kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'd subscribe for a month um but no it's just it's just not i don't know it, again it's i don't know if i mean i to be honest though like without getting into a whole respin, you know retelling of the entire season it just it just didn't land for me and actually I think, you know, aside from talking about Assembled this week, too, I I do. I am curious to hear, Jolie, your entire and, and Josh, for that sake, because we haven't had Josh in a while. Um, just your whole, like, grasp of the season and what you thought. I think we should eventually touch on that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think they, like, they tried to wrap up and it was they uh, WandaVision didn't have to use Assembled to explain away some of the weird iffiness. Um, we already know we were already disappointed with how it ended, um, in, you know, a big fight him out, disappointing a little, not as disappointing as the majority of all of (laughs) Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was exactly what I expected, it was exactly confusing where it should have been confusing in the way that Marvel movies are always like they always kind of leave you guessing slash, um, you don't really know why they make the choices that they do, and then they they use this episode of Assembled to like legitimize, uh, the choices that they made, which I find kind of um, they shouldn't have to do that. It it was kind of like a turn off uh well i enjoyed watching uh, behind the scenes cuz you get to talk to people like the directors art directors costume designers like stunt coordinators and that kind of thing uh, he he watching even the director direct and watching sebastian stan or hearing him say oh she has this her directing technique is to pull emotion out of out of characters um by employing like really 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 close close ups it's like okay but that's great, but I didn't get that.
0: Yeah. See, that's the part I'm not buying. That's one of the items yeah, in the gift basket. Justify you DS shouldn't have basket. to
3: justify it. That's like, or, or...
0: No, go ahead, mm-hmm. Mike. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, the thing is, is, I think I said this, I'm probably going to repeat myself, but I felt like all of the camaraderie was was like added in later. It feels like they had the whole script and then they had another guy come in and go, okay, I'm going to add in all the jokes. And even the scene, you remember the, the one they used in the trailer where they're sitting across from each other in the therapist room and they're like doing like the staring contest? Like that was funny, but it just felt like it went, it went like straight, then left turn and then right back. And it wasn't organic. You know, it was clearly like a script that had jokes put on top of it and i felt like the whole series was like that like you know they go into a warehouse and they're checking things out and then they start their witty banter and then it would just switch back to being a straight drama and i felt like it was like that through the whole thing and that's why i think it was a problem with the writing not with the actors
1: i i agree um there's definitely times where the jokes don't really feel like they land like they're funny by themselves but in the context Mm -hmm. of everything they don't always work um I did hear that that whole um, therapist thing was improv. It was all improvised with them, like getting like they're like knee to knee and they're having that like discussion, which actually makes sense as to why it probably didn't necessarily fit right. Like um, they're they're supposed to kind of be having this real moment with each other and the. The actors know each other in real life and are friends, right? So when they get together and they're like, "Okay, we kind of have this funny idea for a joke," and they put it in and they start bouncing off each other, it kind of blurs the line between characters and actors. And I think maybe they saw that it was like a really funny, like, uh, uh you know, moment with like a lot of chemistry, but it didn't fit the mo. It didn't fit that like theme that they were going for in that scene. So a lot of the times, it does feel like doesn't always fit.
2: Um, and the thing
3: is, is ad-libbing is hard. And, you know, mm-hmm. even even like the last 10, 15 years worth of comedies by like, say, Judd Apatow, most of his movies, there's a lot of ad-libbing. And I find a lot of problems with those movies where it's like funny, 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 and then falls flat. Mm. And then funny, 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 falls flat. And so even the best comedians in the world and the best directors and writers cannot, you know, it's really hard to nail down. And so for this show to try it, I don't know. It's clear that it didn't always work. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find. um, With that style of comedy. When they, you do use it. They. It's also about the editing as well. Mm -hmm. Cause. You have to really consider how much you're going to leave in. And. uh, Most of the time they leave in way too much of it. And it's it's the difference between an actual funny comedic moment and like an inside joke. Like how Mm -hmm. long, how long are you going to go on before this just becomes an inside joke you're letting us in on? Because uh, essentially it's between the two actors, they're making each other laugh. It's like, it does at some point stop being funny to the audience watching it. And I'm glad that they didn't use too much of that sort of improv chemistry between the two but they could have found like a really great middle ground between what they had already written and that stuff I mean they had a really great they had a really great um, uh, chemistry with the the sister character mm-hmm. so I mean that was scripted
1: yeah uh, I feel I feel like that's kind of the the thing with the entire series for me I think that for the most part it's like it works. It's it's a good show. It's like, it, it's no WandaVision. You know what I mean? It's, no. it's pretty average when it comes to MCU. Mm-hmm. And it's what I, exactly I expect. And then there are moments that shine out to be some of the best things in the MCU at times. Like mm-hmm. the Isaiah Bradley stuff. I really loved that. The exploration of uh, the real world ramifications if a black man becomes Captain America. Like all of that is... Mm-hmm. Very good, and again, at times, much better than a lot of the stuff we get at the MCU, but mixed in with this kind of just mediocre, like, buddy cop show, Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's able to rise above and be the best of the best when it comes to Marvel movies.
0: So what's interesting is that, um, from what I recall, and hopefully someone can jump in and maybe set my head straight, Falcon Mm -hmm. and the Winter Soldier was actually supposed to come out before WandaVision, apparently. Is that true?
3: Yes, I it was,
0: I, yeah. I think even Black Widow was supposed to come so up. So, do we
3: before. know why? Is it COVID that screwed it up, or? Mm.
0: I believe I, so. I believe scope. Yeah, because um, it, it, the COVID halted production on both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier was filming in Europe, I believe, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So I, it sounds like it was probably a logistical nightmare. You know.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, so well, I mean. What- I was going to say, I I feel like, uh, unfortunately, Falcon and the Winter Soldier also had the the um, disadvantage of being placed after WandaVision. I wonder if we'd be this apathetic towards it if it came before WandaVision.
1: And, and a week later, too, right? A week, yeah. So we're, so we're like, right <laughs> off the tails of this, like, new show that's so different and fresh from any—honestly, any show— right now it's it was just like such a fresh take on everything that we kind of get right back into the regular old same old same old superhero flick um
3: yeah well here's the thing is when they when they announced the 10 star wars shows and the whatever four or five marvel shows i was just like overwhelmed like oh my god i'm not gonna watch all these shows i gotta pick one maybe and loki was the one that stood out to me but then when wandavision came out I was like, my, this is far better than I thought it would be. And like we said last week, Brent, now we're back to, like, base level, mediocre Marvel. I'm like, oh my god, I hope the rest are not like this, right? Like, WandaVision, it's like, it's good that they started big, but now they can't match it.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Loki, for its sake, at least looks thematically more interesting than Mm -hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I, you know, I think probably all of us will go into it with a more refreshed attitude and the fact that it doesn't premiere i think for another like 40 days or something so yeah
1: june 11th june 11th
0: yeah so we'll have some time to kind of just like you know re <laughs> you set ourselves back to a a baseline you know mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. we really have some time to breathe and talk about drag race australia
0: which um as of at 1 hour and 26 minutes ago is now on crave <laughs> so mm-hmm. oh what's episode 2 episode 1 oh did you watch okay. episode 1 already no Oh, I was gonna say. I, I to my knowledge, it came out an hour and a half ago on. Crate. Okay,
2: because I was like, I feel like am I a time traveler? Is are all my messages it, just kind of blurring together? I thought you started said it started last week, last week, and I'm like, is she oh. Loki?
0: Who are you? No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no. It last last week was the finale of season thirteen, and now Drag Race Australia is this weekend. But it's weird because it airs in Australia, so the time zones are messed mm-hmm. up for Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited.
2: <laughs> so now that we've wrapped up talking about Falcon <laughs> Soldier, honestly, I like, just really okay. Sorry, just to get back to it, I there there are two things that we've already kind of touched on, which I uh, I, I mean I don't want to beat a dead horse, but um, it is just more like status quo Marvel stuff. And it's, it wasn't even like, it's not even like Avengers, the, if you take out all the movies and you just grab the Avengers ones, it's like, it's not even that level. It's right back to the Captain America. If you just grab all the Captain America movies out and then stuck this TV show right at the end of Captain America's movies, it'd be like, oh, cool. More Captain America stuff. Uh, And Mm. it was so, and then. Branching off into the second thing that I wanted to talk about, which was the Isaiah Bradley stuff, the it's important to talk about, because w- what where does this legacy go at this point? It's important to talk about the legacy of Captain America in a country like America. What does that represent? Et cetera, et cetera. They could have done, and then in Assembled, they started to talk about how they were trying to say important things about it, but I don't feel like they really... Um, I feel like they tiptoed and maybe opened a door, but they didn't like walk through that door fully. Well, that's the thing is, I mean,
3: whenever Disney slash Marvel tries to handle these topics, it's always going to be a little bit of, what do you call that? Like playing softball. I, I do give them props for a couple lines and a couple scenes like in Black Panther and in some of the Marvel movies. And I like, Sam Wilson's speech that he gives to, like, the senator or whatever he is. Like, that mm-hmm. was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I guess the question... Like, I saw, you know, a quote on Twitter. Not that I take anything on Twitter seriously. But someone said something like, Oh, you know, thank God uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier has solved racism. And it's like, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. But it's not a Falcon and Winter Soldier problem. It's an all-entertainment problem. Like, are we not supposed to address these things? Like, wouldn't you rather... Have Marvel and DC Marvel and DC movies acknowledge racism and at least approach dealing with it, than just ignore it. You know what I mean? Because this at least this show is timely, especially what's been going on in the last mm-hmm. year with George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor and all that stuff and BLM. At least it's sort of living in the real world, which it's Marvel's movies have always done. So I don't know. I think it gives props for that. You know?
1: Yeah, and I think at times I was even shocked at how far they took it because again with disney and marvel i really didn't expect them to kind of be so upfront about things um when falcon and uh, when sam and bucky are outside of isaiah's house and they're having like a little bit of an argument the cop
3: right comes up
1: to them and then like has his hand on his gun and approaches and asks if sam is bothering bucky yep. right like great. automatically going into, into this confrontation assuming that it was the black man starting a fight mm-hmm. so and and then the realization of the cop who he is and he the, the only reason he probably stopped is because he was the falcon yeah right so there I, I, that's why i think this show maybe is a little bit better than a lot of the mcu movies that are like mediocre like it's better than first Avenger and a lot of like the earlier ones where it's like the origin story better than Doctor Strange but it doesn't like it doesn't hit that expectation of WandaVision of being a brand new uh, re- refreshing series mm-hmm. uh, yeah they
2: they could have really said that, but that's the thing is that everything with Disney is so surface level it's like hidden figures and yes. um, <laughs> and pretty much anything that they have like I remember growing up as a kid and watching Disney properties. Like, remember The Titans was one of my favorite movies. Um, pretty much anything that had like um, had underdogs and like people of color um, being led by a white savior. This mm-hmm. didn't really have. Uh, this had a message, and it seemed like the writers when they were speaking about it or whoever edited assembled wanted us to know that there was a message but the message got bogged down with like all kinds of other superhero bullshit yeah like Mm. um we really need to they they know they have to acknowledge that um they need to think about what the title of captain america means what america is and um and black America but we also have to deal with the super super stuff uh like the the super soldier garbage well
3: it's like we you know we've covered this I'm not sure if you guys watched last week's episode but this Mm -hmm. show honestly was a mess as far as what was the theme, what was the main line of action, Mm -hmm. who were the characters. Let's introduce Zemo. And then just halfway through, just ditch him for no reason. Mm-hmm. Let you know, let's uh, let let's have John Walker kill someone on screen, murder them, which echoes police brutality, which echoes this. And then at the end of the uh, the series, hey man, couple quips, hey man, we're good. Walks away, no consequences. Now he gets a new costume. What? They could have gone so far with that, but it's like they set up all these subplots and just drop them. Mm-hmm. And it, it also feels like I, I believe, Josh, I thought you said that or someone said that they had Marvel had enough content to have a new uh, episode every year for the every week for the year. It feels mm-hmm. like this show was maybe eight or more episodes re-edited into six. That's what it feels like. Like the second last episode mm-hmm. felt like it ended halfway through, and then they just had a bunch of scenes of Bucky and uh, what's his name on the boat, talking to the sister hanging out, listening to music. I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? Did anyone else get that feeling? Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, I had a problem with them reintroducing U.S. Agent and kind of giving him a redemption arc. Um, it's tough because I, I assume that they're building up to something with uh, with like the thunderbolts or some sort of like evil avengers group um with u.s agent and um quintessa uh kind of leading that right Mm -hmm. um i mean i think they even say in the making of this that she is supposed to be like the anti nick fury right so Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what direction they're trying to bring that whether we're supposed to be rooting for them or that we whether we know that they're bad guys or not like in suicide squad for example um they were all bad guys but in all kind of had like redeeming qualities about them where this show really like it it told me that i shouldn't believe or have sympathy for for john at all and Mm -hmm. then by the end of it they kind of just drop that and he's like helping them out by the end so it's uh not super clear i you know i wonder if this series would have been better as a movie because
0: that's what what i said last Mm -hmm. week
1: because Mm -hmm. they they wouldn't have had time for all of this extra stuff and they really would have had to cut out most of it to make way for what's important for the story. And I think maybe that's why a lot of the times it feels like it has some tonal issues.
2: Yeah. Like a better TV show, if they really wanted to do something would have been to explore Sam's, uh, Sam's life in new Orleans. I would have loved to see a television show about that and kind of like, uh, of course they fly off and they have adventures, but like we didn't have to have like a big, bad arc. The way that we did, that maybe they could have like, you know how every season of something, um, has one. One bad guy that they have to defeat. Maybe it could have been U.S. agent, and it didn't have to be a whole super soldier, like written into, um, like a whole super soldier thing. Mm -hmm. Like that, they could have saved that for like that. To me, was like film level. They really wasted the talents of Daniel Brühl on this show. Um, But they could have, like, just sort of subtracted all of that stuff. And it could have been him and Sebastian Stan and Sebastian Stan doing his, like, Winter Soldier Redemption journey tour 1998. Like, Mm -hmm. I would have watched a television show that was just about that. And they could have gotten it right. And it could have been, like, they could have gotten Aaron Sorkin to write it. And it would have been amazing. But they
1: just...
2: They just keep missing the mark um, when it comes to, <laughs> to these kinds of things. It's like you had the opportunity to do a television, an action adventure television show with two really cool characters from the M- MCU and you blew it.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it's almost like they, it's like with WandaVision,
3: which by the way, a lot of comic book fanboys complained about. It's like with WandaVision, they started of with the, the concept first. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if... Now, granted, I don't know how they got to that point, but when it's like they came up with the whole concept and then they figured out the most interesting way to start into it where you go, the first episode of WandaVision, you're like, what the hell is going on? Now, would it have been great in this show if they would have figured out a way to do the same thing with this show? I don't know how they could have done it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that it feels like they went, well, we know we got to have... Winter Soldier's Redemption, we know we could have a little bit of this, we know we gotta have a little bit of that, and it's almost like we just have to get all the characters from point A to point B or Z, but there was no, I don't want to say gimmick, but there was no, like, theme or style or anything. If they would have said, like Jolie said, if they would have said, okay, let's do Aaron Sorkin, or let's do a political thriller like Winter Soldier, like, let's do a 70s political thriller with action... Then it would have worked, but instead, they're like, oh, and we got to bring back the Wakandans, and we got to do this, and we got to do that. It was almost like an agenda, like a checklist of all of these things they mm-hmm. had to do. Instead of just going, let's make a really good movie that just happens to be about Winter Soldier and Falcon, and that's what they should have done, right? Yeah, there's.
2: Sorry, am I cutting anyone off? No,
0: no, no. Go.
2: What I really had imagined was what was going to happen after having seen One Division. I don't know if anyone else watched the show, The Little Drummer Girl that had Florence Pugh and um Sarsgaard which which yeah. brother Ooh.
0: Alexander or both? Alex
2: Alexander Sarsgaard okay um they they started it and it was like a it was a a spy a thriller a drama and that's what I thought the this could have been it, it's like in the vein of like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy right just really really well written Really well, uh just paced. Um, Heart stoppers, like one big moment, sort of like a what's that show with David Tennant too, where it's like one crime. Oh, Grace of, Point. uh Grace The point? other one isn't that what's called the Grace Point? Oh, I think that's the American version. But yeah, so okay, that's my, okay. Yeah, that's that's the show I'm talking about. Where it's like. One crime kind of sets off a, a series, the whole series, and the main focus or everything that happens in every episode has has to do with solving that crime. So it's like we all know um, it's like they didn't have a crime to solve. Right, right.
1: Good point. There you go. Yeah, I think that the weakest point for me was the Flag Smashers. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I was I get what they were trying to do. I get the motivation. Like it was clear what they were trying to do. I just don't think that it was like mm-hmm. strong, strong. yeah, I, I I like the stuff with the u s. agent because it it feels like it goes hand in hand with uh, Sam becoming captain Ta- Captain America, right? Taking the shield away from uh from a black man and giving it to a white man because that's what America believes Captain America is, right. So mm-hmm. that, That kind of makes sense. And you have to have him at the start uh, working with the government and being a good guy in everybody's eyes and then turning like he does in the show. Like that all seems like it would fit with the tone. But the Flag Smashers, there's just so much focus on it for it to just kind of be a background thing. And then, which I think would have been fine if the final confrontation was not with them, but with the US agent. That that would have been so much stronger because then Captain America is now fighting what uh, what is exactly what is standing against him being Captain America. Right. Where at the end, it's just some bad guys, really, that they're fighting and he wins and saves the day. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I well, I hope I mean, I don't know if you guys have been up on the, the news cycle lately, but they did say right after the finale air that there will be a Captain America and Winter Soldier film as a follow up to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I so I'm wondering because I, I agree, like the, the final confrontation didn't really make sense. Like thematically, it would have made sense for him to overcome U.S. agent. But Now yeah. I'm wondering if maybe that is the big um, conflict of the follow up film.
2: Yeah,
1: I I think what they should have done is agents should have stepped in at the end. Like after uh, U.S. agent kills the man, agents should have stepped in. And in America, they they did a cover up and they backed U.S. agent. So that way he is still Captain America in everybody's eyes. And then the final confrontation, he has to stop uh, he has to stop u s. agent from killing this flag smashers. And then that's when all of America realizes that this man that they made captain America is not who he says he is. And he's lying the whole time. And it's right. Shining and a light on that.
2: Exactly. What? And like, not only that, but Lamar, the death of his partner, no one, mm. it's like, no one, it was like an afterthought. Oh, he died. And he, John spoke to his mother at the funeral. And she talked about how, this was all lamar talked about and how excited he was and then that was it
0: it's also kind of thematically appropriate though for what they're trying to drive home
2: yeah it's like a black man who's a sidekick dies and america doesn't care they don't mourn it
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) well here's the thing uh, really quick about Mm -hmm. getting back to wandavision everything that happened one Wandavision tied into the main plot everything right Mm -hmm. But in this show, what was the main plot? Was it the Flag Smashers? Was it Bucky's, you know, redemption or whatever? Was it uh, a black Captain America? Was it whatever? And it it feels like if they would have just focused on one thing Mm -hmm. and made everything tie into that it would have been so much better but instead because they didn't know what the main line of action was that's yeah. where they were able to waste so much time on the boat and doing this and doing that and doing this and it was just all over the place
2: yeah it, it's almost as if they saw on set that sebastian stan and anthony mackie love each other and in a, are in a domestic partnership mm-hmm. and we're like let's give them a show
1: yeah, <laughs> You know, it's it's actually funny. Um, I was reading an interview with the director and she was saying that uh, the ending that we got is not the original ending that they filmed. They were filming the scene where Bucky and uh, Sam are fixing the boat in like the, the middle of the series after the confrontation with John. Um, and they were like joking and hanging out and there was a sunset so she grabbed the camera and filmed them just, like, hanging out with the sunset. And they're, they, that's when they realized this is our ending. So real quickly, while they were on that dock, they, like, threw together a party. So, like, they actually had a lot of the, like... uh the like background actors just kind of come in and and bring some stuff. One guy's like, I know how to play the spoons. Oh, I know how to play the guitar. And they all came together and, and like had the band that showed up. So like that ending was kind of impromptu because they saw the sunset and their kind of relationship together. And they're like, this is a great ending. So like, you're kind of right in the sense that they just were like, yeah, they're buddies. So let's just film this ending.
2: Yeah. It's like they just fed off of the relationship that these two men have, Mm -hmm. like, um, which is great. Thank you for letting us know, because uh, the media has run rampant all over their YouTube channels with like, just like best friend quizzes between the two of them. And like (laughs) them reading thirst tweets about each other. Like, I'm here for all of that, too. (laughs) It's more interesting to watch that stuff than anything that happened in this show that it's they had the two characters and that was their theme unfortunately well, yeah unfortunately they had 50 other they had 50 other things that they wanted to reconcile and said let's do all of them and mm-hmm. here's here's the other thing if the basis of if the template for this
3: show is lethal weapon in lethal weapon the whole idea and i've only seen it once but uh, oh, help me out here, uh, Danny Glover. Is it Danny Glover? Danny Glover is like the rational one mm-hmm. and Mel Gibson is the crazy one. Well, in this show, what is the contrast? I mean, Winter Soldier, yes, he has this history that he was a cold-blooded killer, assassin, blah, 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 but that arc's done, right? So now he's kind of just what yeah, there's not as much of a odd couple vibe, which there should be to make it. Interesting.
1: I didn't mind. I didn't mind their relationship. I kind of felt like an odd couple thing going on with them because, uh, Sam. Their juxtaposition was Sam did not want the mantle. Bucky said, "It's your job to take the mantle of Captain America," and Bucky not realizing why Sam couldn't take it, and then Sam not being able to really explain how he felt and that's why they were always kind of like friends but not really in the mcu and then this kind of brought that back because bucky doesn't realize why he he could just give up the shield so i no i i personally i didn't dislike any of the stuff between the two of them like i thought it was it felt natural At times, maybe the jokes were written like they didn't belong in the serious tone of some of the scenes, but I didn't dislike any of that
3: stuff. But did you think their personalities were different enough to warrant this odd couple, which is what they were going for? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming they were going for that. I mean, they keep saying lethal weapon, right? Like, that's what everyone thinks. Right.
0: I would say they're both fairly underwritten in this, in this, in the Marvel and MCU in general. Where I was like, I don't know if I could pick out too much of a difference in their personalities. Like, right? What is Sam's personality? Right. Mm.
3: It goes back to that famous red letter media thing where they asked people to define Qui Gon Jinn versus Obi Wan Kenobi, and no one could do it because they're so underwritten. And at yeah. least if you were to go, okay, this is the funny one. <laughs> this is the ass you know this is the whatever but they didn't really do that because i personally always thought sebastian stan was really dull really flat and uh what's what's the other actor's name
0: anthony, anthony Mackie.
3: Mackie. he's a little bit better but and he's got a little bit more of an edge in this but i just feel like they're you know I, in fact if you were to take okay he, now i don't know whoever's watching this i'm very critical of the marvel movies cuz i don't think they're as great as everyone else says I actually think most of the characters in a, in a, in a typical Avengers Marvel movie are pretty flat. Uh, with the exception of Paul Rudd as Ant Man, who is sent from heaven. He's so awesome. I love him. He, he's like the best part of Avengers Endgame, right? When they're sitting in the restaurant and <laughs> the kids come up and they want the Hulk's uh, autograph. That mm-hmm. is the best scene in the whole movie, okay? Uh, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy, man, they are standout. Auditor James Gunn is a genius. All the rest, Hawkeye? Are you kidding me? Nothing <laughs> like the character. Hawkeye in the comic is is a, is an awesome character. He's a like mm-hmm. proto Wolverine. Awesome. The uh, what's his name? Jeremy Renner. I think I, I think he's a terrible actor. I don't like the way they play him at all. Uh, you know, Black Widow. Whatever. They're all they're all like right here. They're all flatlined to me. And I think this show brings that out. It exposes it that there's not as much, there's not enough contrast between the characters to warrant this type <laughs> of show.
0: It's almost like they, and you know, the bigger collabs, like the Avengers films, they have the strong uh, characters like Robert Downey Jr. Kind of, kind of everybody bounces Mm. off of him and it kind of, it it brings everybody up to his level. When you put two underwritten characters, like, you know, um, Bucky and Sam in a show together with no other strong personality to bounce off of, all of a sudden you realize that. Mm
3: -hmm. That's a great point. And I got to, uh, agree robert downey jr is incredible he, like iron man is the linchpin of this whole thing right yeah but if you notice when they did avengers with what's his name benedict cumberbatch as doctor strange now you have a problem because it's almost like they created doctor strange to be the replacement for tony stark arrogant right he's always the smartest guy in the room which is but he's also funny but it's like wait a minute that's iron man So now you have them on screen and they're arguing with each other, but they haven't figured out where they fit and where they
2: clash. That's almost like the same character.
3: Mm -hmm. Right. Well,
2: it's a good thing that they put Doctor Strange on a different planet then. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we'll see how that plays
2: out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, What's what is next after this? We said Loki. I think
1: Loki. Yeah. Everything kind of shuffled around again. Because Black Widow was supposed to be releasing next week. And then the week after that was going to be deassembled for Black Widow. Um, but Black Widow got pushed. And I think even Loki might have gotten pushed like a week or something like that. So um, June 11th for Loki. And then I th- think right after that is What If. Maybe Black Widow in between. Because it has a July release. So
2: Oh, so maybe this is like so the podcast will turn into a drag race podcast. <laughs> Unless we do an after dark and we maybe talk about Buffy.
0: <laughs> oh my god. I was telling Mike, and we're gonna go on a huge tangent. I last week I was just preparing to watch for the first time ever, Hush. And I had never watched the episode Hush before, and it did not disappoint. Oh is this a good time for me to say I've never <laughs> actually watched
2: what
1: yeah i've never seen it i'm with i've seen like clips here and there but i've never i I never watched buffy
0: i'm with you i used to like casually watch it when it was syndicated on tv like man whatever Mm -hmm. blah blah blah. never like invested in it covid obviously we're consuming way more media than ever Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and i got i just started to put it on at the beginning of 2021 and i i get the hype on it's on amazon prime i would give it a shot
2: okay i watch it from front to back beginning in january of every year (laughs) since it's been canceled um i didn't watch it last year though it was just last year was just too depressing to allow me to watch it so i did i did my um there are lists of the top 10 episodes so i just did the top 10 list and hush
0: yeah (laughs) oh man that what what an episode jesus Mm -hmm. murphy Apparently, mm-hmm. it was the only episode ever of Buffy to be nominated for an Emmy Award. Is that true?
2: It is true. mm mm-hmm. I... Um, I think that the musical episode might have been, but, like, mm. for music awards, not mm. for acting, nothing. Yeah. It wasn't... Wow. Uh...
0: What a brilliant concept, though. Like, just, <clears throat> excuse me. Like, the concept behind it, of basically making an entire episode almost like a silent film, where, like, people right. couldn't talk. Whoa. It was such a great, like the the threat behind it and stuff. It was, that was so brilliant. Oh.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of glad that uh, quote cancel culture got Joss Whedon. Cause I feel like if they had kept him around for these television shows, we might've gotten like, um, so every, the first episode of every season, if you notice he does, the very first scene is always one long shot one track like where they track and it's like un, it's what do they call it mike uh well like a like a steady cam shot yeah where it's just like they, there's no cuts okay like that birdman movie whatever
0: oh, um, yeah.
2: one continuous <laughs> take yeah that's it a continuous take um we i feel like if they if they kept him on board in the MCU um they he would have started that he would have started doing something like that like that or he's also famous for shoehorning in a musical episode or having a character he knows mm-hmm. to be good at singing sing and it's like i, I smelled that coming and i was really mm-hmm. fearful of it the when we saw that shawarma scene in the avengers i was like okay i love joss whedon <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know that i could stomach watching like chris hemsworth in an all silent episode of something you know yeah i I wouldn't i wouldn't have minded that but
3: whatever yeah
0: (laughs) i mean chris chris hemsworth can do horror he could do something like that he was in cabin in the woods
2: and Mm -hmm. yes he was pretty good in that Mm
0: -hmm. he was pretty good in that but yeah i don't know it was it's a wonderful episode of buffy though like my mind was blown like i made sure too to like you know everything was perfect i i was just a little bit stoned i had food out it was dark like yeah. it was the perfect ambiance to watch that episode and just
2: a little bit stoned. just Fun like a,
0: just a scotch yeah
2: um, yeah i definitely Greenberg. need to start yeah. watching then yeah because
1: I, yeah. I like just missed the buffy thing
2: um oh on account cause... of
1: me being a child
2: was like, on <laughs> like, account of like, your birth it, it,
1: yeah it, it started airing when I was two so uh, yeah I missed I missed that
0: does Sorry. the math
1: <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> 97
2: 97, 97. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm
2: not a mathematician <laughs> <laughs> um, um, good thing that we have all kinds of streaming platforms that have it available you're watching on Prime right Brent
0: yeah yeah, that's right. Okay. But it's also apparently it's on Disney Plus now. Oh. Buffy's on Disney Plus. Really? Wow. Yeah. Really
2: cool. Oh yeah, cuz Fox. Cuz Fox. Okay. So, no predictions for next week.
1: Adding that to my list.
2: Mm. What? Buffy?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And don't tell anyone you're watching it cuz someone will spoil it.
0: yeah Yeah, i i actually did spoil a huge death myself in season five just by you know doing wikis and stuff so do not (laughs) wikipedia anything okay well it's a good thing
1: that we're posting this online nobody will know yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) people will make it their mission to spoil it yeah (laughs) okay so thank you for joining us for this episode of the full volume podcast we'll be back we'll talking about other stuff um mm-hmm. we'll find something to talk about or hate on or i mean we could just watch invincible
0: oh my god i, f- I watched what's the good? first episode it is wild right i mean oh Twitch. my gosh yeah i'm on i'm on it. only episode three it's by um is it robert kirkpatrick what's his last name
3: well robert kirkman <laughs> is the comic creator but yeah,
0: that's I'm actually think- the. i'm thinking of creator of walking dead the Yeah, comic. Robert
3: kirkman yeah Kirk- Why did that's actually the reason even though I did like The Walking Dead TV show, I'm not a fan of his rating. So in the yeah. comics, so I just not interested in it. I mean, everyone says it's good and I will give it a
2: chance, but I'm not convinced yet. She says after having put up with 5 seasons of The Walking Dead.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I put up with 8 seasons. I lasted until season 8. I'm I'm
2: still in it. I can't. Are you still in it? Yeah. <laughs> the the I can't stop. I if and let until it ends
0: yeah, right. because
2: I'm, <laughs> I've made it past that bullshit that happened with um Negan? Jeffrey Dean Morgan Negan yeah that that series I love the character but that's his seasons were terrible they were just became like abstract impressionist work he really went yeah. nowhere after a certain character's death but anyway i mean we're not here to t- maybe we are here to talk about walking dead i don't know do you have a sound effect for that josh
3: for
1: the walking dead no I, do you have uh, a
0: zombie coup
1: <laughs> no i've got air horn i've got the Prices right fail oh yeah do that do that
2: yeah. one appropriate yeah appropriate. i like that one appropriate, appropriate. So, yeah, um, well, we will find something to talk about. We are here, as always, to entertain. So Mm -hmm. if you think that we should be watching something that you're watching, maybe we're missing something because they Mm. make comics out of they make movies and television into comics every day. Sweet tooth.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that we should start because of our love of drag race and our love of comic book properties. We should start like a, a side series under the full volume podcast umbrella where we watch a comic book film and we read it to filth.
2: Oh, I'm not a good reader, though.
0: I feel like you could make it work. Okay. I, fe- I feel like you're much better than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> okay.
2: The library remain will remain closed for now. For now. <laughs> okay, so send us your great mail to fullvolumepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media at uh, Comic Book Syndicate and Comic Syndicate on Instagram and Twitter, respectively, hashtag fullvolumepod. You can find this episode and all other episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, maybe we should cut the no we didn't say anything bad about amazon we're fine
0: all right
2: um pretty much anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts just type in full volume pod or the comic book syndicate network and you can find us there um i know that i'm missing something oh you can find all kinds of yes you can find the video of this podcast (laughs) on youtube if you care to see our beautiful faces just wrinkled and discussed um <laughs> at www uh oh, the video is also embedded so at Com slash podcasts uh i'd like to thank these two fine gentlemen for joining us from their podcast i don't know if you want to talk about it a little bit you got the floor
1: yeah, uh, we have a podcast called Here Comes the Spider Spidercast. Uh, we drop episodes every Monday. Um, again, anywhere you can find podcasts, you'll find it. Um, we are currently going through all of the 80s Spider-Man comics in chronological order. So we started in 1980, and we are all the way down to, I think we're about to record December of 1985. So we're already half, more than halfway through the 80s. Mm-hmm.
0: So...
1: Uh, that's uh that's been fun and also miserable <laughs> so if you want to hear that
3: <laughs> we're also very thorough like we do we leave no stone unturned like yeah. we've reviewed giveaway comics you know crossovers uh graphic video novels games, TV yeah shows. video game yeah. tie-ins right everything so anything that came out in the 80s pretty much we're
0: covering
2: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if the X-Men make an appearance, Brent is usually there. <laughs> you know He'll what? i will there soon, yep.
0: I'll, I'll be there soon, but also, I did not realize you guys also touch on video games. Um, I was a big player of Maximum Carnage back in the day on... Um, <gasps> the super nintendo so i i do have some spider-man video game knowledge too if it ever comes up i'm just saying you should do a whole video game episode
1: that could be really fun because there's been some great spider-man uh video games so
0: yeah there's yeah uh there's Ma- maximum carnage spider-man and x-men arcades revenge mm. iconic we should do a twitch live stream that'd be fun
1: Ooh. oh we could totally do that just like play through all of them
2: I'm tired I I would just have to monitor the chat and add color commentary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, thank you for joining us, gentlemen. As always, I've been your host, G.I. Jolie.
0: I'm sorry, I'm Hyrie Brent. (laughs) Girl,
2: girl, get into it. (laughs) Get into
0: it. I'm here, mama.
2: And as always, keep it loud,
0: keep it at full volume.
2: (gasps) Bye Bye. See bye you! Bye. <laughs> oh, I love it! Oh.